And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal, and we are back. Yes, we are. In the span of the last, I don't know, four days, three days, whatever it was, since the last time that we hung out, also, by the way, welcome to Upon Further Review, presented by the good people at Coors Light. Since the last time we hung out, I flew to Indianapolis, produced a lot of hashtag content with the head coach and the GM, and then flew back to Vegas. So I sit here on a Thursday afternoon about lunchtime in our beautiful podcast studio, and man, it feels good to be back. I'm not quite sure what my body thinks of the East Coast travel and bag, and that's another thing I, I want to take umbrage with real quick before we dive, in today's, in, dive into today's very excellent edition of the show. Indianapolis at least by my calculations. Admittedly, I am certainly not a geography buff by any stretch. Indianapolis in the Midwest, the definition of the Midwest. When you land in Indianapolis, it says, welcome to the heartland, right? We are in the Midwest. So riddle me this, how they are on East Coast time. Don't get it. Do not understand it, but it is good to be back on the Pacific time zone. It is good to be back here in this building, man, and it's good to be back to kind of reflect and, and kind of take stock of everything that we did the past couple of days in Indianapolis. And one of the main things that we did in Indianapolis was sit down with head coach Antonio Pierce. Uh, obviously, we'll run that interview for you in just a sec. But man, it was so good to catch up with AP, right? It was, it was nice. I think the setting of our conversation with AP was great, right? It was, it was obviously our, our one-on-one with Silver and Black Productions. Uh, we were in a conference room at one of the hotels there in Indy. It, it, there wasn't a lot of hoopla and fanfare, and it was just our crew, the lights and, you know, the cameras and all that. And so we've seen so much of AP in a, in a good way as of late, uh, you know, talking his talk, uh, you know, kind of, you know, being excited about this opportunity, as he should be, right? Uh, we've seen him talk to a bunch of people. We saw him talk to our local uh, local beat core, also when we were in, in Indianapolis. But it was really nice to kind of have this type of experience with AP, uh, this type of experience where it's a little less, I don't want to say glitzy and glammy or whatever, however you want to describe it, but it was nice to just be kind of amongst each other, chilled out in a conference room and having a chance to talk everything that has happened uh, the past couple weeks and months for him and Tom Telesco. So like I said, we'll run that interview uh, in just a sec. But man, it was great to see AP. It was great to see Tom. It was great to see a bunch of our NFL Network friends. And speaking of our NFL Network friends, it was awesome. I mean, I would say one of my highlights from our couple days in Indianapolis uh, was having a chance for our uh, friends of the program and hosts of the Raiders NFL Draft podcast, Bucky, excuse me, Bucky Brooks and Rhett Lewis, sat down with Tom Telesco uh, and did a special edition of their show from Indy, breaking it all down with Tom. 
Oh, man, it was just so, uh, you know, obviously the, the way that we produce the show, you know, Bucky and Red do their thing. They kind of send it over. We, you know, we, we bounce ideas off one another. But it was really, really awesome to kind of just see them dive in and do their thing. Uh, you know, Bucky, obviously, uh, you know, a former scout, a guy who has a lot of personnel background, something that Tom really relates to. Red has been around the NFL for so long really well respected uh, in the business as well. So to see, you know, Tom interact with these guys as peers in some sense was really, really fun. Uh, and they did a great job. And so shameless plug alert, head on over to uh, the Raiders NFL Draft podcast, whether it's on this feed, on YouTube, wherever you get your pods, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, check that out. I-, I think really for me too, one of the most interesting kind of uh, – I wouldn't say tangents, but one of the you know kind of interesting notes that that I think I really took away from sitting in on their uh, on their pod session was where they were talking about the mock drafts towards the end with Tom. They were you know they did it kind of tongue in cheek and and talking about hey you know we're putting our mock drafts out you know Tom do you want to give us yours and and, and Tom really gave you know obviously was was able to play and banter with them a little bit but I thought he gave a really insightful answer on the importance of the mock draft. And obviously, uh, folks in our line of work love the mock drafts. It's, it's fun. It's great fodder for conversation. Uh, it's it's the things that you and your buddies talk about when you're out at the bar on a Friday night. Okay, if you're the Raiders at 13, what do you do if X, Y, and Z happen? Uh, but as I said, Tom gave a really cool answer about that. Uh, and I think that, that to me, that was one of the highlights that we took away uh, from their conversation. But man, we were rocking and rolling too, man. Big shout out to our entire crew, both in Indy and here at the facility in Henderson for really just making it work somehow. I, I mean, I, I know I kind of joked about the time difference and, and some of the logistical issues and challenges that come with being three hours and half a country apart, but uh, really, really proud of our crew and the way they handled everything. Uh, great communication uh, amongst all of us. And I hope that you guys, uh, collectively, the Raider Nation, were able to enjoy a lot of the content that we have put out uh, and the content that we will continue to put out surrounding the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, which is still, I have to say in big, bold letters, still Rocking and rolling in Indy, even though we are back here in Vegas. So, on that note, just a you know, uh, quick housekeeping. No transactions this week. Uh, so, on that note, we all know you guys. Why you guys are here? You want to hear from AP? I get it. I understand it, and I ain't mad at it. So, without further ado, the head coach for your Las Vegas Raiders, live from Indianapolis, Antonio Pierce. AP, let's let's just start here, right? Uh, you know, it's been let's call it six, seven weeks since we went official with you and Tom, like. What have you learned about Tom over the past month and a half? You guys have obviously had a chance to spend a lot more time together. What have you learned about the new GM? It's totally opposite of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, very patient, man. Um, very wise. Obviously, he's been there and done that, right? He's been a GM. He's been underneath some, some great gentlemen who've done it before, Bill Polian. Um, but really just asking a lot of questions. You know, when you see a gentleman who's built an organization like he did at the prior place he was at, um, had to make trades, you know, had to make tough you know, roster cuts and tough decisions, went through the hiring process as well with coaches and coordinators just to really pick his brain. And, and, and one thing I think people will start to realize more and more about me is I'm going to ask questions, right? And I want, to, I want people around me that have been there and done that um, so that way I can gain and soak up that knowledge and I'll make the decision that I want to make for AP. But the one thing about Tom, he's been very patient throughout this process. You can't rush him to a decision. Don't even think about rushing him to a decision. He's going to tell you, I'm not there yet. Not there yet. And I, you appreciate that because it lets you know, like, you don't always have to rush to a judgment or to make a decision. It's okay to go through the process. It's okay to take your time. And I think that's been really good for me because you want to be right, but you want to be right, right 
You know what I mean? You don't want to be wrong when you only probably have one opportunity to do this. You know, Tom was joking with the media yesterday. He goes, yeah, we're a nice balance because he goes, I'm so boring. AP can have the big personality, yeah, make yeah. everyone laugh and be the, the center of attention. He's boring when he wants to be, though. He's got a little slide, yeah. little, 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 some but, jokes to him. But, but on a serious note, like, how, a serious note, how good is it to have a balance like that for Thomas. you and Tom to have that relationship that it's not two APs, it's not two Tom, it's, no. it's two on paper guys that, that really are going to be a nice compliment to one another? No, it's, it's beautiful. And I don't want another AP. That's why I'm the only child. My mom knew that as well. Um, <laughs> But it's good to have that balance, that yin and that yang, you know, youth, experience, you know. And again, I could be the guy, too, that's tempered down as well. So um, for me, that, that's something that you really look forward to. And like I said, it's, it's very refreshing when I can go upstairs and have a very calm, relaxed conversation when maybe I'm at, I'm at my peak, you know, and he could bring me down and make me understand either through examples or ways that he has learned throughout his time of what to do and what not to do. You know, Tom was praising the process yesterday of, of you hiring the staff and building out the assistant coaches. And we heard from you earlier, you said, hey, I, I you know, interviewed 11 different OCs and I had an opportunity to, to your point, ask a lot of questions. Like for the fans out there, like kind of lift the veil a little bit of like, what does that process really look like for Antonio and the staff interviewing hypothetically an, an offensive coordinator <clears throat> to find out what kind of fits you, what you guys are looking for? Well, one is just not me. I had the entire staff in there. Uh, everybody, even though we were on break, most of the guys that were in town, I asked them, could they be a part of that process? Why? Well, because they're going to be in the building with us. It ain't just my decision. It ain't just my choice. I'm, I'm not the only guy working with them, so I want to make sure we're all comfortable with whoever we brought in. Uh, the other part is professional development for those coaches. Not too often do we go out uh, of our world or out of our building to hear other people talk about football. I think that's a good thing to do as well. But that process is very thorough, man. I, like, I, I want to get to know the person first and foremost. I get the whole family background, but what makes him click? What's his end game? What does he want to do? What does he get out of it? Why he wants to be with the Raiders? Why is he choosing to come interview with us, right? Then we get into the X and O's part. Most of these gentlemen can put a hell of a presentation together. PowerPoint Central, right? Everybody does the best of the best. But teach me like I'm a rookie. So when we were in there, that whole process with every offensive coordinator was, I'm the rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Coach me. AP play linebacker. I get it. Well, coach me. That's your job to make whoever we put in that room quarterback, running back, O-line, understand what we're asking to do and why we're doing what we're doing. And then as we went through that, just, you know, how do they believe about the culture? Do they understand what it's like to be a Raider? Do they understand when we talk about the Raider way? What does that look like? What does it look like to be a Raider? What does it look like to be a Raider offensive coordinator? Because those guys are different. Mm. We expect them different. I want them to be different. I don't want them to be in a box. I want them to be very open. I want them to think outside the box. And that was a part of the whole process with our staff was getting guys with different ideas across the board. You know, how do you kind of strike that balance now as a head coach of someone who wants to make sure everyone's rowing in the same directions, whether it's the coaching staff, the 53 guys in that locker room, but also bringing in folks that, to your point, are going to be able to push you, that are going to make you maybe not fit in that box and say, hey, I know we did it this way for the past couple of years, but I've seen it done effectively and efficiently in this manner. How do you strike that balance? Well, one, you got to listen. You got to open, open lines of communication. I think for me, that's, that's critical because I do have a vision. I am very stern in what I, what I see and what I want and how I want to get it done. But I'm also not a fool. I'm also somebody that's willing to listen, learn from either mistakes. And I want to know all about the mistakes. I want to know everything you did right. I want to know about your mistakes. And then I want to know why you made those mistakes and what went into that thought process. And then we'll get into the good part because everybody can tell you what they do right. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever wants to tell you what they do wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, man, it's just really, does it, how, how does that fit into our plan? You know, what, I haven't put the total plan together for the 2024 season because I don't have a full roster. Right? I know that once we put all these pieces in place. But for our staff, what I want it to look like, how I want us to teach, the culture, the behavior, how we speak to one another, how we treat one another, how we go about our business each and every day when we're in that building. Are we coming in with a purpose? That would never change. 
that won't change. But if you have some ideas that will make it better, I'm all for it. You look at the staff in totality now. You, you talked about it, seven former players, a handful of guys who have been head coaches in this league, who have had a lot of success at the highest level. You look at Marvin and Joe Philbin, right? Like, why was it important for you to say, hey, be part of what we're building here. I want you to be, uh, you know, some of the gentlemen in my ear as we go on this great adventure together. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, they're all good people, man. They treat people right. They do it the right way. Um, also, I looked at it, if I was a player, who's in front of me? Well, I know what players like. They like to see somebody that's been there and done that in front of them. So you get seven former players coaching in the building. They also want to have a coach who's coached at the highest level. And being a head coach like a Marvin Lewis, already Joe Philbin, you can bounce questions off of them. Then you want the guy that's been around some of the old heads. Like Max Crosby always wants to know about the legends, the past, Devontae. They're, they're really big in the guys prior to them, you know, the, 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 the Raiders that we see throughout the building that, you know, that wear gold jackets. So I think it's critical that you have a staff that, that can embrace all those different personalities and ways and thoughts and questions that's going to come out throughout the season, right? We're going to get a young rookie class that comes in. For to me, well, who can teach a rookie what it's like to be a pro other than a former pro because he was once a rookie? But then you want that guy that got great X and O's, that knows how to scheme it up, that knows how to teach him how to um, watch film, how to study film, then to go out there and mimic that on the grass on their own because we can't do certain things with them during off season. So to me, that mix was very critical for me uh, as I went through that process. And then also I wanted to just make sure I had youth, that middle group and age. And then again, because of the way the NFL is going, you need some college guys, you know, guys that understand how these kids are coming out of college now with the NIL. That's a big deal. If you don't embrace that and understand that it's a different mindset of the, the, the prospect coming into the NFL, shame on you. You know, it's interesting. It sounds like balance again, just kind of finding that balance of, of people who have done it across the board. But, you know, what makes, speaking of, speaking of the former players for a sec, what makes a former player a good coach, right? Because there's so many guys that come in the NFL, mm -hmm. and all these guys, not all, but there's so many that have the aspirations of continuing on mm -hmm. in the game after they're done playing. But the guys that do able <clears> to do it, that are able to do it, the guys like you who are able to make that transition, is there a common thread that they all kind of share? Yeah, I think the hardest thing is, you know, when you're a former player, you really don't think about how you was able to do a lot of things you do. You're like, oh, I just, I just did it. Mm. I think the guys that played and didn't get into coaching, now they can explain why and how they did what they did. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of guys that can only do it physically. Like, look, man, I was just, I was bigger and stronger, so I ran through the guy. But then you got the other guy, look, man, I wasn't bigger and stronger. I had to use technique, right? I had my hands in the right place. I had a good base. I had a good, had a good balance. You know, I had to have a routine throughout the week. Um, so one thing I noticed in my first position coach was a, a gentleman named... Uh, um, uh, goddamn, uh, Greg, he's with the Denver Broncos, linebacker coach. Um, and he did a hell of a job with me, man. And all he did was talk about his past experience. But then when we got into the film study, he could physically stand up and show me different ways of how to attack a blocker or how to get in a good football position or get in a good stance or how to get a drop and square up and then be able to have the vision and not just be so tunnel vision and see basically all 53 yards if possible on the football field once you got you know, used to doing what you're doing and knew your job. So um, the former player thing to me is, is important. You look at success, I think, around the National Football League, you're seeing teams do that more and more. Um, and really in every other sport, does it but football. Yeah. NBA, Major League Baseball, it's former players throughout. You're starting to see that, that next wave, I think, coming in the NFL as well. You know, we heard from Tom yesterday, and then we obviously heard from you earlier today, and obviously asked about the quarterbacks, right? Everyone's going to want to talk about the quarterbacks for the next couple months, but I thought it was interesting that 
both you guys separately were asked, what are the characteristics that you look for in a quarterback? And you both had the same first characteristic, and it was leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, out of all the positions on the football field, out of all the positions in North American sports, right, there's <clears> so much that's keyed in on the leadership of the quarterback, good, bad, or indifferent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to talk about that. What is it about having a quarterback that can be a leader of not only the 10 guys on the side of the ball, but the 53 guys in that roster that makes it so important to have that in, you know, in, a, in a franchise type guy? It's the most important player in all sports, not football, in all the sports. His livelihood, each and every play, each and every day, each and every meeting, whatever he does, he holds our future. And you want somebody that can look into that camera and talk and not blink and make people believe that he's going to put you in the best position to win. That when a call comes in, even though he might, mm, I'm not quite sure, but he's the one delivering a message from the offensive coordinator telling you guys, hey, look, man, this is, this is why we're doing it. This is what we're going to do. You hear it all the time on certain mics up, and you hear certain quarterbacks, and you hear the, the conviction that they speak with and the confidence that they speak with. If you believe in the quarterback, most guys will follow suit. If you don't believe in the quarterback, that's when I think you see teams derail and get off the tracks. And to me, the winners of the last several Super Bowls, they're winning because of that quarterback, not because he's a really good player, because he's a hell of a leader. That when the game's on the line, He's on settle guys down, man. Fellas, we got it. We good. Here's the call. Blah, 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 blah. Ready? Great. And then out the, all of a sudden, the game slows down. It's like the Matrix. And he's sitting here pinpointing where the blitz is coming from. He's making the checks. He's getting the receivers the hot routes. Lowe's, he's up in the, in the AC. He's over to chill on the sideline with me. He's got full control of it. So you really want to look at that leadership role and somebody that can have that confidence, that swag, and that belief. And to me, that work ethic to make everybody follow. And if you can get that person at that position, you got a chance come January, February. And Coach, Coach, before we let you out of here, when you kind of zoom out, let's pretend it's you know June, July, whatever it is, we're getting ready for the season. Like, What do you want to hope to accomplish from this week? When you look back at the off season, what do you hope that your staff, the, the entire personnel side, were able to accomplish this week here in Indy? That we found guys, man, that, that really had the intangibles that we're looking for. Leadership, tough, passion, love for the game. And more importantly, man, just they want to be a Raider. Like for real, man, I want dudes that want to be here, man. Everybody wants to get drafted. You can get drafted to 31 other teams. But damn, hopefully the guys that we pick through the draft and free agency and undrafted players, man, they're like, I, I don't care that I got X dollars over there from that team. Or, that, or they won the Super Bowl. No, man, I, want to, I want to wear silver and black. And that, because if you have pride about that, then there's never going to be no quitting this team. It will never be no quit because you're playing something greater. There's a greater purpose than just being another former or normal uh, uh, current football player. Well, Coach, best of luck this week. I know I was telling you, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. I think it's such a good week for the league. It's so good to see all our counterparts on the really, around the league. It's good to have conversations mm-hmm. like this. Best of luck, and we'll see you back at the facility, okay? And a big thank you to Antonio Pearson, and per usual, a big thank you to our public relations staff for getting that all together for us, right? It is no easy uh, easy feat to get the logistics together when everyone is outside the building, running around, trying to figure out who's where, at what time, how can we squeeze this in between meetings, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so big shout-out to AP for making time, and again, big shout-out to our public relations staff for doing what they do. Well, on that note, man, we, uh, we're out of here. It was a good week. It was a busy week. As I said, we are going to have a lot more content, excuse me, combine-specific content, which is kind of hard to say, 
rolling through the rest of this week and probably early into next week as well. Uh, make sure you download uh, First Stop Indie, our Combine-specific podcast. Uh, check out Bucky and, and Rhett doing their thing with Tom Telesco on the Raiders NFL Draft podcast. And really just head on over to Raiders.com, Raiders YouTube. That thing will be rolling over the next couple weeks. And I can't believe it because this will come out on, what is today, February 29th, which means that we are, gosh, Less than three, let's call it two and a half weeks out from free agency. Yeah, that is wild. We say it every single year, but what off season? Uh, we are going to be, man, we are going to be rocking and rolling. And I cannot wait. It is going to be so much fun to continue on this adventure as we go through the uh, the beginning of the official. Excuse me, we officially turn the calendar on the league year as we look ahead to the draft. I mean, you know, we're going OTAs will be here before we know it, uh, and this is a really fun time of year, right? It's like I said, it's a lot of great uh, things to discuss, a lot of fodder for conversation, and I'm very appreciative and very grateful that all of you guys are going to do that with us. So, oh, actually, before I forget, before I forget, even though it's a short ish week we got to crack an ice cold bruchacho and this week we are cracking a cold one very little thought needed for this and they are not paying me to say this this is just what's in my heart man a big shout out to uh the good people at saint elmo's man i mean when you go to indianapolis you gotta go to saint elmo's uh you know the steakhouse there it's I, i'm nearly certain it's a historic landmark it's been there for 115 years or something like that uh but outside of the just really cool awesome history experience of the whole deal Everyone goes for the shrimp cocktail. You got to go for the shrimp cocktail. I went for the shrimp cocktail. And again, every single time I've gone, every year we have either played the Colts or gone to the Combine, you get it. It never disappoints. It never, ever disappoints. It is one of the most unique culinary experiences uh, that I can describe. It is delicious. It is all-consuming. It'll just make you feel some type of way. Uh, but every time we go there, man, it is just so much fun. And it's really cool. I think that, you know, the entire uh, operation there is a really good job of kind of leaning into the history and making you you feel like, hey, man, like, you know, me and my friends are sitting here eating dinner, and there's been so many other groups of friends that have done this. And, uh, and it's just an awesome place, man. It's one of those places that I would say if you're an NFL fan, it's got to be on the bucket list. So big shout-out to our friends at St. Elmo, and most specifically a big shout-out to that shrimp cocktail you know, one in a million, only place in the world where you'll where you will have have it just like that. So on that note, we are out of here. We are going to enjoy a little, hopefully, sunny weather here in Vegas, and we will see you guys next week. So for Eddie Pascal, our guest this week, Antonio Pierce, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And as I said, we will see you same time, same place next week for our next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network.